Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast that always preferred the Spice Girls to these little mixers any day. This week on Heart and Hand, you know it. Hi guys, Fangio is one day fantasy football. You select a team of Premier League players for a single round of fixtures so you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win money if you're good enough in one day. First up, choose your contest. You can play for free or put your own money on the line for bigger payouts. We're playing the £5 fan fave with six grand of prizes to be won to the top 36 managers. Then you pick your dream team. You have £100 million to spend, there's no subs, no captains, just 11 shirts to fill and you need to find the perfect formation. Splash out the dead certs, hunt out the hidden gems. It's the ultimate test of your football knowledge. Fangio was designed by football fans like us and it's powered by Opta Stats. It's about much more than goals, assists and clean sheets. Every pass, interception, every tackle, they've all got big implications. And we've got an offer for you. Deposit £10 play with £30 sign up today. So make a deposit of £10 and Fangio will give you an extra £20 free credit to play with. You'll get £5 free credit in your account to use each week for four weeks. It's the perfect chance to prove your managerial prowess and win big. Use promo code RANGERS when signing up to claim your offer. Promo code RANGERS when signing up to claim your offer. Available in the UK only for those over 18. Please play responsibly. Terms apply. So, welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar, I'm your host, and I'm joined this week by the Livingston Lothario, the the man, the myth, the legend. Yes, it's Cameron James Bell. 
David, my friend, how are you? I'm all the better for speaking to you, Cameron. How's life out there in Livingston? I, I hear there's talk of snow. Uh, there is talk of snow, my friend. There is, and it's uh, that shit is real. Let me tell you, <laughs> uh, and everything just grinds to a halt as yes. soon as it hits, you know, the the, the backwaters here. Well, to be fair, Livingston is a wee bit like East Kilbride in the sense that it's not exactly a, a a place you move through quickly in a vehicle, anyway, is it? At the best of times. Well, it's obviously when the city planners decided let's fire in loads of roundabouts because that will always make stopping and starting and slush really entertaining for everyone. Uh, it's, it's not that we live in LA here, folks. You know, you've got to take into account weather conditions. Well, uh, out here in the the extreme Ayrshire coast, um, it's I, I believe the local term is blowing a fucking gale. So uh, we has, has Barbara came over yet? Yeah, has she? Yeah, we don't have uh, any any snow. I don't think we're likely to. But it's uh, my shed was lifted, and when I I've just looked and I can see what appears to be some feet with a pair of sparkly shoes underneath them. So. Uh, I'll need to go and investigate that later, but uh, <laughs> but but we're not here to talk about that, are we? Uh, we're not. Um, uh, as I say, I, I was I was called in as a last minute replacement. Uh, no, so that's not I'd, true. Uh, no, that's not true. You were called at the last minute, but not as a last minute replacement. It's because I'd forgot to do a pod, and literally to uh, uh, tags on Twitter. Yeah, congratulations to you, tags. You were the person that got people a pod this week because I had forgotten. And uh, he said, where's the pod? And I went, oh shit, yeah, I better, better record a pod. Um, only been doing it for the 200th uh, episode, uh, six and a half years. But yeah, it completely slipped my mind that we should do a pod. And then uh, luckily, Cammy was able to step in. Otherwise, you were getting me and Arthur uh, just discussing the Joe Garner song. Well, that's why I was, because I was also thinking, so I'm right saying that you needed me. Oh yeah, yeah. I got rid of... Van der Acker. <laughs> Might as well just finish now because we're not we're not going to talk that. See you later on. That's yeah. it. Done. That, that's it. That's it. Take the week. Second last pod of the year, and right there, there's <laughs> there's there's the highlight. That's fantastic. Well, I was going to talk about the football first, but uh, the greatest thing to happen in Scottish football ever happened this week when uh, we've had many a a battle over the years but I I didn't think that I would ever be getting torn right into the little mix firm Uh, I'll be honest with you I I was kind of worried about playing little mix over two legs but I think we're going to do enough Yes. At home to be able to just absolutely abuse them like a friend of the family. Yeah, but I, I just think we need to keep it tight at the back, which um, from what I read about Little Mix isn't something that they've excelled in. Exposed is the word I'm seeing a lot, David. Yes, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I fancy our chances. I fancy our chances. Uh, social media in the last 72 hours has been phenomenal. Yes, and a special um, mention to at Gregco five oh eight eight on Twitter. If you don't follow that boy, you absolutely should. He's he is he has a geni- he has a Rangers Twitter genius. Yeah, he's doing very well. Uh, I would like to see him employed professionally at the club. Uh, I think it'd be a bit of a risk. Uh, but then I was also the same guy that said that you should write Rangers press releases. So uh, you know what I know about you know social media handling. I well, to be fair, uh, a few weeks ago the the Rangers social media officer. Um, was asked about this, uh, Rab. He was asked um, if they would let me do the Twitter, and I thought his response was was beautifully eloquent. Where he said uh, a few people were going, "Yeah, yeah, you should let David do the Twitter for one game," and he said, "We all know that this cannot and must not ever happen." <laughs> 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 and he's right because you know 
they'd have to shut us down the day after it, and I don't mean in a in a nuco way. I mean they'd we just wouldn't be allowed. Do you know Let's what I mean? See how quickly the SFA get involved in that inquiry? Interpol, you know, it would be. Oh yeah. But what a fucking day it would be, Cammy. Oh, it would be great. Do you know what the 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 amount of attraction that you would get from followers of certain other clubs would be crazy. Would be absolutely brilliant. Uh, so Rangers Twitter followers would just go through the roof. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Well, as as people might might know, um, I they know a lot about web and working in web and social media and stuff. And this is a great example of something that you can't plan. Um, you get a lot when you work in what I do. You get a lot of. Uh, internet marketing companies they come along and they say we'll make you a viral campaign you're like no you won't you can't make a viral campaign the whole thing about a viral campaign is that it springs from nowhere so had the club decided to do this it wouldn't have taken off had this been well planned it would never have taken off had we chosen a specific song because it had a certain value based on history it wouldn't have taken off it took off because it just Somebody said and word the mouth and it caught fire. And from Friday night when the Bears were belting out the Joe Garner song to now has just been absolutely hilarious. And my wife, God love her, she said, oh, this guy must be really good. Is he better than Loudrop? And I said, no, no, no not quite. <laughs> no, not quite. Um, but it, it's been fun. And that's a word you don't often use in Scottish football. Trying to get this song to number one and the way it's captured the attention of the whole country, let's be honest. Um it it's been fun. It's it's been fun for some people, David, and let's not uh, you know completely forget about uh, our friends across the city who are just doing whatever they can to possibly derail it. And the the, the best thing about this is, and this is what always makes me laugh about it, is it's actually all done in jest. Mm. Do you know what I mean it's all done in good humour? And it's been hilarious to see the uh, pre-pubescent Little Mitts fans going crazy because of the fact that, you know, they'll come off Twitter if if this song gets into it and that they hate Rangers and stuff. And, and it's really funny because you've also seen, and I'm sure, I think Greg has actually put a couple of these up on Twitter, um, some Little Mitts fans who are obviously being fed messages by Celtic supporting friends to talk about Sevco and Zombie. And it's just hilarious because they don't know a thing about it. No. And the, the, the best thing, and, and you're totally right, the viral thing has to be completely spontaneous. It can't be force-fed. But the thing I love about this more than anything else is just how different or how many facets there are to it. Like the thing, I don't know if you've seen it, about someone did a Photoshop at Gardner tackling one of the girls from Little Mix yes. like in a, in a charity game, apparently. And people and somebody just dropped that into the Twitter sphere, and that went crazy. Saying you can't tackle girls like that. Yeah. This is an absolute. It's just it's brilliant. When did that match and, take place? Yeah, I saw somebody, exactly. Somebody tweeted that. And uh, th- there's another one as well, which I think is just absolute. We'll put it on the Heart and Hands page, but it's the little mix doing a routine, and all their heads are cocked to the side, and immediately beneath it is just a picture of Joe Gardner doing exactly the same thing replicated by four mm. and it's just brilliant some of the stuff that's coming out of this is just it's really creative it's really funny and it has been um, but you're absolutely right and I think you know no offence Celtic fans but given everything that's going on at the moment you really shouldn't be DMing 12 year olds on Twitter 
Well, this is friendly abuse. Do you understand? Mm. Like when you do it no, online, just the yeah, I don't care what they're sending them. They just really shouldn't be doing it. But <laughs> um, but no, I mean it has been fun, and I would actually, and I don't often do this, but season of goodwill and all that. There have been a. You're right. There's been the kind of usual half wittery from opposition, but there's been a lot of Celtic fans going off. Oh, Sake, would you know this is just a bit of fun, calm down, and uh, yeah, I think it is. It's, it's been nice. It's hopefully we'll get it to number one. I'm not entirely sure we will. Crystal Palace fans have, have been in on it as well, Man City, and a few fans from all, all clubs all over Britain have been doing it because you know the anti Simon Cow or anti manufactured pop star thing. So, uh, which you know, obviously, I, I, I totally understand, but uh, see, if we'd only thought about it, we could have got Vandenacker's band to number. No, no. A hundred and twelve million. Yeah, I mean, they would have been let down by you know hearing it, but uh, but no, all all the best. True, and Dave Clark five. Uh, I think I think uh, I think they've had a kind of official response to say Rangers fans have made me feel glad all over or something. Like that. And yeah, so uh, yeah. do you know do you know the good thing about it is as well? It's just good because I suppose I suppose for me I would have felt a bit. Kind of similar to what you were saying about how it has to be, you know, spontaneous. Has it? Dave Clark Five are not a huge band. It's not like we're lining the pockets of other people. And you remember the thing that they had, where it was like they were trying to get Rage Against the Machine to number one to yes. try and beat Cowell's Monopoly and the whole Christmas number one saga. Mm-hmm. But people were then saying, "Well, that money still goes to Simon Cowell." Well, it still went so, to Sony. No, it was the, well, both in the yeah, same label. Sorry. Yeah. So there was still, still obviously a corporate benefit at the end of it. And what I quite liked about this is that we're not actually picking a huge band or a really popular band that were, you know, it's just kind of come out of nowhere. And obviously someone who started the Garner song should give themselves a tremendous, you know, pat in the back. I hope it's someone who's a bit older, actually seen that, maybe even a Dave Clark 5 fan who's also obviously a bear, and it's all kind of sprung out from the back of that. So whoever that person is, Give yourself a massive pat on the back. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think another thing that uh, it's worth bearing in mind um, about this, you know, whole just having a bit of a laugh. Um, Scottish football needs stuff like this because you know we don't exactly have a a great product. We don't have a great standard, and that's what the more I've praised some Celtic fans, but then the more bitter ones that they don't, they can't comprehend that when we're getting praised for stuff like this all over Britain because up here they're so cosseted by the media and they're allowed to do what they want, and of course we're so pilloried uh, constantly that they don't. It it doesn't compute with them that you know we're quite popular down south because of you know the the very stuff they hate about, you know, the Union Jack and uh, the sort of traditional uh, alignment to that and the pride of being a British club. And because, of course, they tell themselves how beloved they are worldwide, based on no evidence, but, uh, you know, they, they go to they go to Boston, right? And they're big there. And it's like, yeah, well, you were going to be, you know what I mean? But um, I think it surprises them when they see stuff like this and it takes off. And, you know, yes, to you guys, we will always be, you know, Sevco and tax cheats and all the rest of it. But to the rest of the world, Rangers fans are just the guys who stuck by their team um, as they went up through the divisions and uh, this just supports yet again how fantastic we are. I saw Ladbrokes actually tweeted and it is a good achievement that Rangers fans in January, uh, sorry, in December have sold out Ibrox four times, um, sold out away tickets for a match in Germany, a friendly match in Germany and might be getting the Dave Clark five to number one. That's a pretty good record. So I always, I always believe that that Rangers has been influential the world over, and I think that when you think about 
um, the amount of expats and stuff that we have across the globe and all that kind of thing as well. I still feel that that's always it's always very heartwarming to me when you hear about all that kind of stuff. But then there's also we've had some. I think you're kind of we've spoken about it to death on the pod over the last five or six years in terms of where our troubles have been and stuff as well. So do you know what? It's great to be able to try and have a bit of cheer. Um, I think we've got. It's almost like a win-win-win scenario because I think it gives us a bit of cheer. I think it's good to do it at Christmas because it's a bit of a kind of laugh and a joke. But also when you consider some of the darker stuff, especially when you and I last actually spoke in the pod that's kind of currently going on at the moment, actually, do you know what? It's nice to have a good news story for a bit of a change. Yeah. And, I, and I'm glad that, um, you know, as I said to you before, David, you put 10 Rangers fans in the room, you could get 10 different opinions and not necessarily any of them are wrong. But to see the unity amongst the support around being able to try and do something, it's a good wee laugh and a joke stuff is really good. The, um, and uh, I'm just really pleased about it. The other nine opinions that aren't mine would be wrong, but we'll, we'll move on from that. Hamilton that's, why Friday... to, that's why you had to start a podcast just to get your voice out there, Jimmy. No, I started a podcast to get my face away from it. My voice, yes, but my face away. You know, Do you not know remember? Scotland's leading Protestant 2005 to 2010, Cammy. You know, just, just know your place. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I still remember sad faces in the paper and the pullouts and the news of the world and all that as well. It's just hilarious. I need to dig that paper out somewhere, actually. I've still got it. I need to just remind myself of how funny it was. Anyway. St- I still got it, but if you can, you know, if the pages aren't stuck together, you're not fooling anybody. I know why you kept it. Um, Friday night, Hamilton. Plastic pitch and all. Uh, Rangers won 2-1. Again, not really a scoreline that reflected the match, but uh, Rangers played for 75 minutes really really well um, the first half an hour was a battle uh, getting used to the pitch and, and you know we had to battle but it was like an old fashioned Rangers performance that we we had to win the battle we did and then we started playing our football and two complaints for me Cammy one we should have been out of sight after 70 minutes never mind two up and then a, a, a real stupid defensive mistake from Andy Halliday um, not singling it Andy Hardy because this has been happening all season with, with various players but a stupid defensive mistake we give away a goal and then you know you, the game's in the balance when it didn't have to be but overall were you happy? Well I was happy because uh, it, we, we were actually uh, out in town and we were watching it and um, I had actually said to the to the uh, the better half uh, you know it'd be great if Wagon could score because he's been shit recently and then he scored probably the most awkward goal I think I've seen in the last 20 years. I thought it was so a good I thought it was, so do it wrong, I think it's a great goal. and it, all, It's really funny to me because um, Waghorn needed a goal. His confidence was shot. I mean, shot. Yes. And he needed a goal to come out. And, and any kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of like that. Any kind of goal, anything like tapping, anything like that would have been able to get his confidence back. And to score, to score, a header of that nature is just really, really weird. But it's great because, as I say, he looked like a whole weight had been lifted off his shoulders. Uh, and as you say, for, I think, yeah, for probably two-thirds of the game, I think that we were, um, you know, very, very much a, a better-looking outfit than we have been away from home. Uh, I'm a bit disappointed in the scoreline, if I'm being honest, because on paper it looks like it's been a bit of a wobble. Um, I don't necessarily just blame Halliday for that incident because if you w- were to watch it back again, Forrester very nearly loses the ball in almost exactly the same situation, and there's a point where he's looking for an outlet, and you can actually see that you know that kind of hands up gesture of where do you want me to play this because I don't have an option, 
and then Halliday fell exactly into the same pitfall and then, you know, it's the usual story, isn't it? Mm. Uh, so, no, I agree with you. We should have been uh, we should have been far and away um, uh, out of sight from them by the, the time that they even managed to score a consolation. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's a better away performance and that's exactly what we've been looking for. Recently. Yes, it was. We spoke about it uh, last week and we spoke about it uh, with, with Scott and I last week. It was. It was great doing, you know, the two home victories and they were big home victories, but we needed to go to a game like that and dig it out. Uh, you mentioned, I think, there may be the key phrase with, with Martin Waghorn. Uh, he has been good, incidentally, the last two matches uh, that he's come off the bench, so I thought he deserved a start. I could understand, although Kenny Miller's been excellent, you know, the pitch and everything, and the fact we've got uh, three games in a week coming up, three big games. So I, I could understand that the gaffer was maybe looking at it, that it's not anything that Miller's done wrong, it's just we'll save Kenny's legs and Martin's been showing up, so he deserves a start. But you, you said uh, it was a weight off his shoulder. Does it look like there is physically weight off his shoulders? Because uh, certainly there was rumblings from the, the stands that he looked as though he was maybe, he's always been a, a well-built guy, but he looked as though he was maybe uh, hitting the weights a bit too much and had... It gained maybe a wee bit too much upper body mass that was restricting his movement. He looked more physically like the guy last season rather than the sort of ram man that we saw at the start of the the start of this campaign. I think I think the thing is though that what you always want people to try and do for your strikers is you want someone who is nimble and is quick to react needs to be physically able to do that, but equally you need someone who um, can. You know, push people off the ball, can shield the ball, can uh, you know? I suppose really just be strong enough uh, to to create chances when it almost looks like there isn't one. And uh, no, you're right, Waghorn. Waghorn, from a from a mus a muscular perspective, looks far bigger than he did last season. Um, but as you say, he's been creating chances, and I think that that was only compounding his frustration when he was creating chances. He did it at home, and I forget against. Who, when he was through one and one, and um, and actually stopped, and Hearts. the player that was sh- that was it was against Hearts. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Mackay put him through. No, you're right. It was Mackay. Um, and, and he died back the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah and and, if, and again, if you watch that, watch that technique. It's actually very clever because he puts the, his foot in front of the ball and almost stops it dead, and the player just runs right by him. And then by that stage, the keeper is is having to force him to make a save, which he then did, and then Waghorn tried to get the ball back. The problem with strikers is that just that just makes it worse because you've created a very very good opportunity and you've not been able to convert it. Um, and again, like you say, he's doing a lot of that where he's been able to try and, and create space and opportunities for himself, um, but just not finish. And, and I'm, I'm, I was really glad it said. I, I think previously to you, I can't remember if it was when you and I were talking, but I really wanted to see the strikers get goals. Yes. I wanted to, to not have midfielders or anything. I wanted the strikers to get goals, and fortunately, that that um, you know that came about for him. So, no, very pleasing, and, I, and again, like I said, I'm glad to see it for him because he's wanted it. You know. Yeah, I think that there are quite a few areas of the team that need to be scoring more goals. Um, people have, have said, well, you know, the fullback scored a lot last season. It was unrealistic to expect our fullbacks this season in the higher division to be getting double figures. Great if they could, but it was un, unnecessary. When you're playing a four-three-three, then I would say five of that six have to be looking at getting twelve to fifteen a season minimum, and we we haven't looked like that a lot of the time. Now guys are starting to come into a bit of form. I don't think Joe Gardner 
is ever going to be prolific because I just don't think that he's that type of guy. He's, he's mental, he's 100% effort and we love him, but he's not, let's face it, a, a, a cool, composed finisher in the area. I think he'll get share, and I've said that on here for a while. Uh, that's the thing. Uh, somebody said on Twitter, um, Space Girl Gale said on Twitter that... Um, yeah, you all hated Joey Gardner a couple of weeks ago. I haven't. I've defended him on this podcast. However, now that everybody else likes him, I'm going to go off him in a couple of weeks. Yeah, because you're, you know, you're the kind of anti-trend, aren't you? Like yeah. you'll start the trend and then and then buck against it. And then bug it off. Yeah, that, that that's generally that's general. I'll be able to, I'll be wearing a little mix T-shirt at Ibrox in three weeks. Wait and see. But <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I think if we can get Waghorn, he is a guy that can get you a goal certainly. You know, every game and a half, and that's the sort of ratio you need from a striker. Uh, if we can get that, Kenny Miller is going to give you that energy and effort, but uh, you know, he's he's not going to get you that that sort of level. So we need the guys that that can do that. I do think the midfield, I think Holt, that's something that de- definitely needs added to the game. I think if Windass gets fit, he's apparently. Uh, potentially back on Saturday. I think if Dean Winder, eh, Dean Winder, <laughs> he could oh, score a goal. Yeah. When, if, when did that happen? Uh, if Josh, well, he's need money, so we can get him quite quite <laughs> cheap. But if Josh Windas, um, you know, gets a run in the side, then he certainly would be a guy you would be looking to add goals to. Add goals to his game, and I like Barry Mackay as a number ten. I like Barry in that central role, uh, and I thought that again he deserves credit. I thought he was. Um, terrific the other night. He was a guy that right from the start, even when it was sort of bogged down at the start, looked as though he could make something happen. And him and Wallace are starting to combine again, which is which is great to see. And it's almost like now the sort of pressure because let's face it, everybody knows the league is is gone, it's over the horizon. Um, the the guys are starting to relax and and play well and and just enjoy. And I think they are settling into. It. And maybe we were a bit unrealistic to just expect them to hit the ground running. Maybe there was going to be that spell of readjusting. Um, and they, they look like they're doing it but we are coming in now to a, a critical period with three games in a week uh, we're at home on Christmas Eve to Inverness Cali then away on the 28th to St Johnson before uh, welcoming the Darksiders to Ibrox on the 31st now first of all um, something we haven't really talked about on here a match on Christmas Eve and on Hogmanay on New Year's Eve is that a good thing, or is it something that maybe needs looked at? Traditionally, we've played on Boxing Day, of course, but is there more pressure on certainly families and certainly you know, mums and dads the day before um, that makes going to the game a wee bit more difficult? Uh, yeah, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> don't nod back, bud. See, I don't understand it. I genuinely do not get it. Everyone knows, right? Everyone knows. You go and do the family thing on Christmas Day, and by the end of it, you're sick of each other. So, Boxing Day, football, online, yeah. that's it. They go out shopping, or get their hair done, or their nails done, or whatever they do, maybe a wax. We go out to the football, that's it. Mm. And it's been that way since, you know, Jesus yeah. this was a boy. But the thing that annoys me more about this is, it's just... There's been no... And it's also probably more so around the old firm game. There has been zero thought about us as fans in this whole uh, debacle with the fixtures over the holidays. Um, because with the greatest wall in the world, you also know that Christmas Eve is is usually, you know, everyone's travelling on Christmas Eve. Yes. Um, and I get that, obviously, with the way how, the, you, know, the, the, you know, the 25th falls and all that kind of stuff as well. It's not, you know, that 
tough at this point in time. Um, but it's just, it's, it's so stupid and it's just ridiculous. And I don't mean this in another bad way as well. Do you, what do you do on Christmas Eve, David? That's right, you start doing your Christmas shop. Yeah. And how can you possibly do that when you've got to go away to Ibrox for two hours? It, I mean, it's, oh, it doesn't it, it help. Just, it, it doesn't help. I will say, though, that because of my um, desire to never leave the house, I've actually done my Christmas shopping this year because I did it all online. And I know, David, but let's face it, we don't need this podcast to already highlight what a weirdo exception to the rule you are. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, exception, normal, normal people, you know, normal people yes. do, like, guys, like, mm. 30-somethings, do the Christmas shopping by hand, in a panic, and then, you know, wrap up the presents in tinfoil. I mean, that is not, that's not new. That's happened all the time. Have you ever wondered, though, have you you ever wondered, right, despite the fact that I look like, you know, the guy that's come to collect the empties and drink the bottom of the glass, why birds love me? Shit like this. Being able to buy a good present. Being able to pretend to care about the stuff they talk about. See, I, I... See, I don't know. See, I think you're quite like me, where what you do is you're not blessed with, you know, fortunate good looks. But what you do do is that when they mention something in April, you remember it in December. Yeah. And in that way, they can make sure that you obviously, oh, no, yeah, and you thought I wasn't listening. You weren't listening. You just no. heard this one thing, and that's what you remembered. Yes. That's, that's uh, very and, true. And then that's how, fun- fundamentally, that's how you snag worldies. Yes, and you know, eventually, when you fuck up, which you will, and she leaves, yes, what you'll be able to do is you'll 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 be able to go back to that and go, listen, do you know what? Um, I I made the effort, so fuck her. So that's it, and everyone's a winner. Yeah, no, that's true. Never had any problem uh, getting a woman, keeping them. Yes, different matter. You know, once once they get to know me, but uh, but yeah, you're right. Get untied. Yeah, you're right. Yes, absolutely. Well, that that, I had to get something. From all these years of knowing Mark, and mm, true, uh, you true. know, lesson on on how to tie a, a Gordian knot, I think was was probably the best thing. So yeah, big matches coming up. Don't want to look too far ahead because we're going to talk about it over the festive periods, and uh, certainly I'm not doing this thing where we're looking, you know, to you know too far. I'm not looking further than the Inverness match because well done to the Bears incidentally. Because I agree with Cammy. I think a game on Christmas Eve and hug Mini is a bastard. I think could maybe get away with one if you've got a family. I think two is a, a real tough one if you don't live locally. But, um, yeah, I, I I think to have sold out all four matches, although I don't know if on, on Saturday that, you know, that there'll be 50,000 tickets sold. I'm not sure there'll be 50,000 there because I think season ticket holders, certainly, you know, guys travelling may, may have difficulty doing so. But uh, it is a fantastic achievement at, at this time of year. And it, People are getting behind the club, and I think with everything that's been going on, with you know the Joey Garner song and the performances, will be a really good atmosphere, and hopefully the, the the players will be able to to respond to that. Does the manager need to three games a week, three big games? Um, does the manager need to manage the squad a little bit here? Yeah, so I think he's probably going to try and keep the same squad that played at Hamilton probably for the Inverness game. Um, I can see Miller coming back. Well, what I was going to say was the reason as to why I can see that is because I would play Miller against Celtic. Oh, yeah, de- um, Miller will definitely play against Celtic. I can see him playing Saturday, Saturday. Well, that that uh, well Saturday, Sunday. Ah, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, yeah. Yeah, but the th- that, so that's why is is what we do is it was potentially play him against Inverness and get him a run out. So maybe give him thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, 
uh, rest them against Jones and then bring them back against Celtic. Um, how how that will work, I don't really know because I think Miller needs game time, so we need to get in one of those two games. Um, I don't think Waghorn does anything to deserve being dropped. Garner has to play purely for his metal. Um, this is all of his all against Celtic, but Miller I think does need to play. So there'll, there'll be some some degree of kind of squad rotation as well. Um, I would probably say that given our home form, any team that he's planning on putting out against Celtic probably has to play against Inverness on on Saturday. So there'll be tweaks for sure. Um, but by and large, like you say, I think the team that played against Hamilton, I, I, I wouldn't see any reasons to why any of them sh- should be dropped. Uh, again, like you say, I think that he needs to think about the Celtic game on Saturday. St Johnson will take care of itself and then we'll see what happens. As you say, I mean... There's no, there's no such thing in my, my opinion. There's no such thing as a meaningless old firm game. No, but you're right. The league's out of sight. But at the same point, you know, you still are at home against them. We've got a very good unbeaten home record, which you know we would do very well to keep. Um, so yeah, it'd be good to to see as to how he uh, he, he approaches it using those two games as almost a little bit of a bounce game. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. Now, prospective signings, Mark Warburton said at press conference for the Inverness game today that uh, he feels that we're close to. One signing, certainly, so far. Now, if you're to believe internet rumours and innuendo, it would be Jota, the player, uh, Spanish creative midfielder he used to have at Brentford, who's been on loan at Ibar. Um, I've watched this boy a few times when he was at Brentford uh, under Warburton, and he, he did look a good player. Uh, does that sound, though, the kind of thing that you think we need? So from my understanding, he, he, he is a bit of a kind of he's a playmaker. He, he will create opportunities. Um, I I don't know. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I've got a bit of a concern that, uh, and and I've not really read a huge, you know, amount about it. But my understanding is that the reason as to why he's Ibar is because he wasn't comfortable at Brentford. That there was some sort of degree of disharmony. I think he got a little bit homesick and stuff, and uh, that concerns me first and foremost. I think that. Uh, with Cranshaw and with Barton, we've had our, our fingers burned with signings. I think we need to think very carefully about if we're talking about bringing someone in, um, do we use the second half of this season to embed them to mount a series title challenge next season? Yeah, good point. And if that's the case, is this the right calibre of player? And I think, I think the thing for me, more than anything else, is we need to think very carefully about a player's mentality. And it's not just about ability and performance, it's actually about mentality as well. So there's a lot of factors to be taken into. Listen, do you know what? The guy could come and he could be, you know, absolutely you know, absolute phenomenal. But I think, like you say, what, what we've found from the signings under Mark Warburton is, um, and, and probably from McPartland as well, from the recruitment side of things, is that we can do things very well and we can do them really badly. Mm. And I think from that perspective, if he is comfortable with him from his time at Brentford, then perhaps that's a good indicator, uh, rather than taking a gamble on an unknown. Um, so I'm hoping that from that, you know, the, you know, it's all paper talk at the moment. If it comes true, hopefully, like you say, Warburton's actually got the inside track on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see the, the methodology behind it, or, or certainly the thought process behind it, which is, Cranshire was a sort of attacking midfielder. He's he's out for the season. We'll get somebody else in who can do that because we don't really have somebody to do that. I think in Barry Mackay, you could well have somebody who can do that, but another option 
certainly wouldn't hurt Windass can't rely on as he's shown so far in terms of injuries so uh, he is a good player I mean certainly from my recollection or he was uh, I, I must admit I haven't seen him in 18 months it was the season before I saw him four or five times and was always impressed he was a key man for them but uh, yeah I know what you mean It's it, but then that's the thing see when you've, you've gone into the transfer market and had a bit of a bad run and let's face it we have then there's pressure on every signing you make from then on in because people are you carry that baggage into the next signing. You you then carry that the, the the disappointment from the four or five who went before, and maybe a loan signing's the way around that. You're right if it's a guy who's not settled in London, you know maybe Glasgow's not going to be ideal for him. But if it is only a six month loan, then you know hopefully he can come bang in a few goals and and if he stays longer, great. And if not, well, it gives us time to go out and and look for other targets. Uh, Mackay's an interesting option because I think it's likely he'll be gone next summer um, it's not really a secret that he does want to play in England understandably uh, can... no no listen I'm not, I'm not blaming him for that at all I absolutely think you know that'd be great for him and you know all power to him I think he's done well and I think he's earned it um, I would like to make sure that he continues to put himself in a short window until the end of the season Um but yeah, you're absolutely right. If that's the case, and it creates a, a, a gulf, Jota could be the guy that comes in to be able to try and fill that. Uh, and I'd be interested to be able to try and see as to how Warburton thinks about enveloping him within that within that structure. Yeah, me too. So as we move to um, twenty seventeen, I'll just ask you a few questions to to sort of wrap up uh, to wrap up this campaign. Just just moving off Rangers and on to other things. Who's going to win the league in England? Chelsea. Chelsea. There was a wee bit of hesitation. I'm concerned that... I'm, no, I do hate Chelsea, yes. They're, they're very hateable. But um, I think Conte has got his players uh, really fired up for it. I think Guardiola will probably spend in the, in the, in the January window. Um, and I think really it's kind of down to those two. Liverpool run out of steam. Arsenal will never win the league again under Arsene Wenger. Man United are self-destructive. Uh, so really, I think it's just going to down to them. Spurs have had their moment in the sun. So yeah, I think it'll be between uh, Chelsea and Man City. And I think Chelsea will edge it because I think they, they believe in themselves, which is uh, something which um, Mourinho, you know, almost <laughs> completely removed from the club. And I think Conte's done a great job coming in and actually doing that. So no, I think they'll do as it stands, do you agree, agree, disagree? Or? Uh, I, I agree with Chelsea, but as it stands right now, that's before any signings have been made. So as it stands today, and I might revise my opinion at the end of January, because as you say, there's clubs there that can blow other clubs out of the water. Um, I would say that the that, that Chelsea will win the league because they don't have European football. They've got a very single-minded manager that the players clearly all believe in, and they've got that kind of I-would-walk-through-a-wall-for-you thing uh, going on. You can see it in them. Uh, he's got a good system, and uh, I just think they're they're solid. And I think that they'll keep keep grinding out the results when need be. But they've also got guys in Hazard and Costa. It'd be interesting if something happened to either one of them. But at the moment, uh, I I think Chelsea will win the league, and I think we'll do so with points to spare. Uh, I think the top four, in no particular order, will comprise. And this is maybe going to be a bit controversial, or people I say controversial, others might say idiotic. I think will contain Liverpool, Arsenal, and Man United. I think pipping Man City, uh, and the reason I say that is that City can't defend, and 
they don't have very good defenders. It's as simple as that. So I don't see it changing. I don't think the fullbacks are up to the level of a club of, of that. I don't think Stones is settled at the moment. Uh, Otamendi, I think, is a decent defender, but not you know that a rock that's gonna you can build the side around. And I don't think they understand quite what he wants them to do. And I think there's a touch of the war button thing there that it's all right saying you want to play this way, but you know, he used Zabaleta as a sort of false two the other week and he, the guy clearly didn't know what he was doing. And there's a difference between saying, well, I'm going to change the way Philip Lamb plays and I'm going to change the way Paolo Zabaleta plays. You know, there's there's a level of difference there. And I think that City may, may just be a little bit too far adrift because I think United will continue to... But again, if anything was to happen to Ibrahimovic, I don't see where their goals are coming from. But... I do think that they'll be top four. I think City will be fifth, and I agree with you. I think Spurs will be sixth. So, um, I think you're right in terms of Man United. If Ibrahimovic was to come out of it, no idea what would happen there, because uh, I, I don't think there's a proven goal scorer in their ranks. If there isn't. Out of it, Rash- Rashford and Martial Rashford are good, good players with potential, but you know you can't point to a track record of 25, 30 goals a season. No, no, of course not. And I don't think Pogba's really done a huge amount since, obviously, his transfer fee. I would have said that up until the start of December, where he's watching them now, he's starting to influence games. So he's getting into it, but, the, but you've just said it yourself, it's the start of December, it's too late, and, and not in a bad way. And I hate using that whole transfer tag, or the, the transfer fee, you know, and putting it on his shoulders and stuff, because, let's face it, the player's nothing to do with the transfer fee, it's his agent, and whatever clubs are involved. But it's the start of December. If the guy was worth the money that they paid for him, he should have been, he should have been doing it by now. Ah, um, I don't think that's I, fair. Come on, I mean, they, they can take people... It is fair. It is fair. Stop. A hundred million or not, the guy's still a 23-year-old. He's settling in. And if they, you know, if he's doing the business for them for four or five years, you forget the first five months. So I don't think he'll be there for four or five years. I don't think he'll look settled. I think, as I say, it's too late in the day to be able to try and come into it. Again, like I say, it's all my opinion. People thought Ibrahimovic would probably come in there Scored scored a couple of goals, um, do okay, probably pick up a knock, and then more or less that would be it done. And he's actually been in there and probably been one, you know, the best player of the oh, season. Oh, undoubtedly. Um, I think so. You're totally right about the Guardiola thing in terms of his system. I think what you've got to understand though is that Guardiola, what it feels like to me, Guardiola is trying to change football in England, and he's trying to use Man City as like the centerpiece of that, and he doesn't understand. That you know, clubs like Sunderland will go there and batter you, mm-hmm. and they'll not care about attractive, free flowing football. And you know, let's play it for the. They won't care. They'll see. I mean, you'll see guys like Andy Carroll at West Ham, and and players are just absolutely knocking their pans in, and they're not going to play. You know, sexy football and stuff. He he doesn't he doesn't get it, and I think that it's the sooner he realizes that. Because guys like Stones, Stones is inexperienced in terms of playing at that level, but he's not inexperienced in terms of playing at England. Yeah. Uh, and he's not inex- he's not inexperienced at English football. Neither Zabaleta. And these guys have been there and they actually realise what's going on with it. The fact that he's had to kind of almost bring Toure back into the fold now suggests to me that he is struggling. Yes, I agree. Um, however, he will be given money. And if he has to spend it, he'll be given it. Um, and, you know, how how he chooses to do that will be will be interesting. But do you um, not just come, but, do you not just hit the rocks again of the fact that yeah you can have all the money in the world but you can't get the guys from Bayern you can't get the guys from Barca you can't get the guys from Real Madrid. I mean maybe James Rodriguez but the reason you can get him is he's not playing. Uh, the, the fact is, is English clubs can have all the money in the world and they do. 
uh, except Sunderland, who, you know, Martin Bain, man, that guy's a Jonah. But you can have all the money in the world, but these guys will still go to the, the top three clubs and not want to leave them until they want rid of them. So you can pick up a Pedro, who's a, a good player, a really good player, or Alex Sanchez, who's an excellent player, but you can't get that top, top quality player. Um, I think your point would probably be best drove in with Di Maria. It's probably a good example of that, where he came into England, looked, burst, and then went back onto the continent and, you know, has played very, very well since then. And I think, I think yeah, don't get me wrong, I mean, you're right. I don't think, for example, Ronaldo would ever come back to Man United because he, he's done his graft and he's had his knocks and he's went out there and now he knows that he can go out there and, and, and almost be put on a pedestal and almost be untouchable in terms of, you know, how it kind of comes across. Mm. The problem, however, is that... that what Guardiola needs to be able to realise is he doesn't need to buy those flair players, if you will, that will come in with his system and look at it. Like Robin would never, never come back to England now because yeah. he knows that he's got an easier life, in, you know, in, in mainland Europe. Yes. Whereas England is a is a, a complete separate entity within itself because sometimes it does involve hard graft. Um, and I, he, he's got players who will do that for him, like Stones. Stones is, Stones is an excellent football player, mm. and uh, and he's he's very well developed. In actual fact, is probably a potential future captain of England, I depending agree, on yeah. how he, he, he goes down that road. Yes. And I'm not being biased just because of the fact the boys from Barnsley. However, um, if he if he cannot adapt to Guardiola's system, see if Guardiola doesn't get results, he will inevitably go. Oh yeah, we'll and give him more time than they would anybody else. But yeah. Yeah, and the likelihood will be that Stones will probably still be there. Um, but having said that, if they um, if he doesn't get his act together, I think, like you say, he could go south. I'd just be really interested to see as to who he brings in at the uh, at the winter break, and then um, whether or not that has an impact. Yeah, I, I've got to be honest with you. We can agree to disagree in terms of I don't think Pogba's really set ahead on fire since he's kind no, of I over. Wouldn't say he has, but I just think he's getting there. But it's too little, too late, David. And no, this is from it's, it's but you've, you've, seen, you've seen managers go through the same thing, especially at Man United. Aye, but you don't. You sack but managers. managers. You don't sack of... players. Yeah, but the problem, however, is that if you're spending real serious money, and Man United have never ever been afraid of spending money, uh, you need these guys to be able to try and come in. And I, I, I'll be honestly, if Pogba goes through the rest of the season injury free, I'll be amazed. However, the the point is, he can't come in halfway through a season and then start producing. And don't get wrong, I mean, yeah, I get that I'm being quite critical of the guy, but then I'm also thinking he chose to be able to try and come into Man United. And he's got to look at guys like Robin, like Ronaldo, like Bale, who have all went in the other direction and actually thought, well, is this the right thing that I want to be able to try and do here? Oh, I think he would have preferred to go to Barca or Real, yeah, definitely. Um, and so, like you say, he's going he's gonna to have to probably step up to the plate. I think that's the reason as to why, for me, the... the the Premiership in England is probably one of the best, if not the best, is certainly within the top two best leagues in the world. Because you can play great football, but also you need to churn out results. You need to be able to go to real shitholes in the you know pissing cold weather in the middle of January and actually get something from it. Um, and as I say, these players are going to be able to try and turn up and they've got to try and justify that. And if it doesn't go their way, then we'll see what happens. You make me sound like a hipster here because you're turning into Andy Gray there with your wet night in Stoke. But the thing, but <laughs> as much as that's a cliche, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Because le- le- leagues aren't won and lost that 
you know, at the Emirates and at Stamford Bridge and all that, the one and loss when you and listen, it's exactly the same up here. How many times do you ever go through an old firm game when you've actually uh, seen us getting a result at Parkhead only to drop points? Yeah, yeah. I wait mother will the following week. It's exactly the same thing. And again, like you say, it's about being able to try and, 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 and see out the marathon. Do you know what I mean? Not yeah. just uh, get a quick sprint. Absolutely. Well, um, I think we both agree on that. Then, uh, European or Champions League? Oh, now, that is a great question. Um, I'm, I'm struggling to see past Real Madrid at the moment. Uh, Barca, I don't know what it is about Barca. I, I, I can't really see anything... I think Barcelona are so hot and cold it's kind of ridiculous but anyway um, so who would I put on it um, I'm going to I'll stick I'll go with Real Madrid I would go with of the big three Real Madrid as well um, however uh, if you wanted uh, you know, Bayern Munich you could certainly make an argument for because Carlo Ancelotti knows how to win Champions League but if you wanted a, a more fun bet Juventus Juventus I was motoring. I was actually about to say Juventus from the yeah. from the, the balconies almost. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Juventus right. are motoring right into form and you know there's no point really putting a putting a coupon on the other three because uh the the odds are, are mince. But if you wanted a fun outside bet then Juve uh, very capable side and, and they're getting there. But I would Real Madrid know how to win European Cups as well and I, I would probably agree with you there OK then folks, uh, that's pretty much it from us this week, all that remains is to do is to remind you of our ongoing competition which will crown a winner on the big Christmas episode tell us your favourite moment in heart and hand because we've been going for 200 episodes ish, about 213, 14, 15, we're not quite sure and we missed the we, we missed basically, we've had some good entries from people so far so send them in you can get in touch with us on our Facebook page just Heart and Hand the Rangers uh, podcast you can also drop me a line at Twitter and it's uh, at Ibrox Rocks that's R-O-C-K-S you can get Cammy at uh, Beat That Beat and you can get Scott at, at Scott Heart Hand um, all that it means for me to do then is to thank our executive producer in London Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Miles and uh, just to say to you guys if you could sign up to Fanjo using the, the Rangers promo code that would be a big help to us also leave us a review on iTunes and uh, the Google Store and Amazon wherever you download us uh, if you could leave a 5 star review it really does help us more than you might know um, Cammy, thank you very much for joining me any, any words for the Bears this Christmas? Um, have a fantastic Christmas you've all earned a very merry uh, festive period um, and I, I don't think I'll speak to you before the New Year's game so just make sure that uh, you wind every single Celtic fan up when we beat them uh, I'll echo that and just to say everybody thank you very much for listening have a wonderful Christmas if you're giving people a gift remember my book is still available uh, for download buy and download I don't get any money from the physical copy anymore so download uh, Amazon 21st Century Blue it's a riveting roller coaster of, of a novel full of several kind of you know steamy affairs you would never have believed until you read it so get your hands on that and my name is David Edgar I've been your host I'll talk to you again this time next week cheers bye Network. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.